chapter 3, 1 through 8. Um, Brandon didn't quite understand the title of the message. It says, but first let me take a selfie. Um, it's more of a joke title. So we'll go with that. Um, but it's, it's called that because um, not necessarily like a selfie joke, but when you're like going to go out to eat somewhere, like before you go, you like stop. And I don't. I saw who did it, June maybe. We were at lunch. He just pulled out his phone to take a selfie to practice his smile. <laughs> I don't know if you're even in here, but I love you. But it's like, you know, we, we, a lot of us, maybe a lot less of us, but we, we take our phones out and we do like the reverse cam to check our appearance real quick before we go on, you know, to make sure we look good before we go out. I don't do it either, but I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, but it's, it's about considering our ways. It's about examining ourselves. Um, in this passage, Amos chapter 3, um, kind of catches this time when, uh, you know, God has, he's appeared through Amos to speak to the children of Israel to address, um, if you take down the high on the wireless, it won't be as ringing. Does that make sense? Okay. Sorry. Um, but, uh. Do I sound like I'm in a barrel to you guys? <laughs> Just me? Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, what was I saying? Okay, so Israel, Israel here is be, being examined, right? Um, God, throughout the Old Testament, has chosen uh, Israel through choosing Abraham. He's decided to make them his people and lead them through life to ultimately try and redeem humanity back to himself, right, to deal with the sin issue that Miles talked about last night, and it's, it's come about in a lot of different ways where we call those dispensations, and this is just, I'm not going to talk about them real in depth, just to kind of catch you up on what's going on, but God tries this thing where, you know, he makes David the king of the Israelites, and he's going he's gonna to make David bring Israel to this place where they're going to repent and be one with God again, and that was like the design to deal with sin, to make a, a king over the people that would lead them to Christ. But that didn't work out. And so he's trying all these different things, and he tries, you know, our age, the age of grace, where he sacrificed his son, and, and Jesus lives inside of us. And so now our job is to be little Christ all over the world, Amen. bringing people to Jesus and, and reunion with God. So he's trying he's tried all these methods to, one, make leave man without excuse. Like, listen, I, I did everything possible to retain your free will and like get you to repentance but this time with God is you know Israel has um, they've come from Abraham to Moses to Joshua to David to Solomon and now as they kind of progress they kind of get worse and worse like it'd be us like just through life if we didn't go to church or didn't have the spirit inside of us we kind of just get worse separated from fellowship, separated from, from Christ. We're going to get worse. And that's kind of where they are now. And God being the God he is, the loving God he is, he, he likes to not let that just happen. He's like, listen, you guys were supposed to be my people. I'm going to make this right. And so he, he prophesies through prophets. And Amos is a minor prophet in the section of your Bible called Minor Prophets. Um, so that's what God is doing right now. He's using Amos to speak to the children of Israel, to communicate his heart to them, to chastise them, to call out sin that he sees around them, to try and reconcile them back to himself. Um, and so 
they're being examined. And um, I'm going to read this passage real quick. Um, I think it's the next slide, but if not, it's okay. But it's Amos 3, 1 through 8, and that's really going to be the only text we're going to turn to or anything. I'll have a lot of references you can turn to if you want, but you can just stay here and we'll be good. But, wait, should I pray again? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lord, uh, uh, we just love you. Um, and I just ask that today, Lord, you would speak through me, speak through your word. Um, God, just to impact our hearts, just to, to see us where we are. You're so good, Father, and um, I can't thank you enough for how much grace you've had in my life, for the blessings um, that I can testify to you, Lord. There's no way I should have um, just the people around me I do, the wife I do, the, the child I do, Lord. And it's because of how good you are, Lord. It's because that you love us as your, your children. God, I just pray that today, Lord, your word would speak to our hearts, that you prepare us to hear from you, that I would be hearing from you. Um, but, Lord, that your church would be strengthened through this message and that, um, Father, today um, we would leave excited about the mission, excited um, to go and to be Christians, Lord, to go and to reach the world for your name. And uh, in your time, pray. Amen. So Amos 3, 1 through 8, says, Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known all the families of the earth. Uh, therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he hath taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people are not afraid? Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto the servants of the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken, who can but prophesy? So, God catches Israel where they are, right? In Amos, he's been describing the iniquities of all the foreign countries around him. He's calling out the Amalekites and the Asmorites and the, um, you know, the Sodomites and the uh, Moabites, you know, everyone, right? And he finally gets to Israel, and it's, it's different because it's not some nation that he hasn't been with. It's yeah. different because Israel was supposed to be with him. Israel is supposed to be his chosen nation, right? And he's explaining all their things to them. He's, he's, he's stopping them to make sure that they know what they're doing. Right, like, hey, this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm addressing your faults. You can choose to remain in the iniquity. You can choose to go through this punishment. You can choose to end up worse off. But you also have to choose that. I'm making it so that you know this isn't my desire for you. I'm not just cursing my people. I don't desire for you to just go through where the Babylonians and all these people just come and wipe out your, your places. What I want is for you to be in fellowship with me, right? And so he's stopping them. He's addressing it. And I, I can't help but put myself in their shoes. Um, there's lots of times in my sin where I, I, I wish I would have stopped and met with Jesus there, responded to what he had done for me there, instead of continue on in the sin and get into the gutter, and now you have all this stuff that's just baggage, right? Um, and so, examining our life choices and our lifestyles, we can avoid... Um, worse punishment than we need, right? 
it takes us stopping and considering our ways. And that's kind of the theme of the message, is to consider our ways, these three points in the passage that we're going to talk about, um, that kind of break down considering your ways in an easy way based on this passage. And so kind of the main theme of the message would be to have, to have unity with, with God, to be one with God, to be walking with God, to be a Christian, to be following God. Uh, we must be attentive to him. We must be acknowledged by him and be in agreement with him. And we're going to break those down in the message and how that, the passage kind of says that. But these things are what we're kind of going to consider today. We're going to consider, am I in agreement with God? Am I acknowledged by God? Am I attentive to God? So keep that in your mind as we go to point one. Section one. It's not really the point. Um, so point one, be attentive. Step one to considering your ways. And so we're going to look at, in verse one, right when it starts, um, it starts out, hear this word, right? So that's kind of the, the are you paying attention? Are you hearing the word? Would it, um, wait, hang on. You will never learn what the Bible teaches until you believe what it says, right? That's just a principle. The Bible needs to be believed upon. It needs to be listened to. It's not just going to <coughs> epiphany into your mind all the time. The Holy Spirit's cool sometimes. But you will never just um, be better by not listening to the word of God, by not applying the word of God. So hear this word. God is, is declaring the word unto you. When we open up our Bibles at home, when we sit under preaching, when we go to Tuesday, when we go to Bible study, when we go to discipleship, God is saying, hear this word, right? Pay attention to what my Bible says because it is the answer to life. It is the way you are going to be one with me. It's, it's everything that you need is to hear this word, right? So that's why he starts off here. And lots of us sit in those services, sit and, in Bible study, and um, we listen, but we don't really hear it. You know, we've talked about being doers and being hearers. We know those passages where there's an obvious difference between attending something, but then applying something, living it out, um, being something that you actually are, are doing. Yeah. And so the message, it's not just words, right? It's, it's spiritual. It's targeting conviction in your life, right? God's not just saying, hear this word, because I have a lot of cool things to say, and you don't know about it, and maybe, like, you know, I'm going to tell you about the start. Like, he's not just saying random things. When God says, hear this word, it's because there's something important that he wants to tell you. Amen. In Israel's case, they needed to hear the word if they wanted to repent and get out of their iniquity or understand their iniquity that's already coming, right? The principle of God is he's going to let us reap what we sow. Amen. That's, that's just life. He, he can't get you out of that. But he doesn't want you to continue in it. He doesn't want to have to take you home. He wants you to be in fellowship with him and be a good example of, of what a child of his is going to be. And so we can always take something away. There's always something to make us more like Christ. There's always something to hear. Um, wouldn't a relationship, um, any relationship, wouldn't it, wouldn't it beg attentiveness? Like, wouldn't hearing, not only to God, not only in those ways, but wouldn't any kind of relationship do, say the same things, right? Wouldn't I need to be hearing what you're saying for us to have a relationship? How will I learn anything about Pavla if I don't listen to what she says? Right? How, how am I going to build that relationship if um, I just go home and I'm on my phone all the time or playing video games all the time and not spending time with her? You know, that, that's not a relationship. That's me just being there. And so, um, story time. Pavel will trap me all the time in doing this. Like, sometimes 
It's been a long day or whatever. And, uh, you know, she'll be talking, telling me about her day, and, or telling me something important. And, uh, you know, she'll say, she'll notice that I'm just on my phone, maybe doing something important, maybe not. Um, and she'll say, she'll notice, and she'll call me out on it. She'll say, hey, like, what did I just say? Or she says, hey, are you paying attention to me? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm with you. Like, you know, you lie out of your teeth. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I was listening. But, uh, you know, and when she stops and asks you what she just said, you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she just said. I wasn't paying attention. Um, but that, that's all of us, you know, there's times when we do that, maybe not intentionally, but a lot of us do that with God, too. I do that with God a lot, you know. When I, I, I'm in Bible study and there's something really important that, that could be saying, and, and I just flip it off as, oh, the Pharisees are so dumb. <laughs> you know, I don't just stop and, you know, take the lesson that God is saying. I'm not hearing the word there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, before we can engage in a conversation, before, before me and Havala can hang out and have a relationship, I have to remove distractions, right? I have to remove my phone. <laughs> I have to make eye contact with her. I have to at least make ear contact with the quality that would have been eye contact. I have to listen. And the same, it's the same thing too with God. If you're trying to hear His word, you don't, don't have any business like playing on your phone, right? You don't, you're not going to hear like that. Or if you're trying to hear from God, hear what He says. There's no way that you're going to hear if you're not paying attention. That's just, I don't know. That's just biology. Physics? Ergonomics? God is begging his children to hear to hear him, to listen to him, to snap out of whatever delusion they have trapped themselves in, right? They've, the thing about us, right, the thing about Israel, the thing about us, is we're so open to the world around us, right? We're so willing, like, oh, wow, that's cool, too, or wow, I should do something more like that. And the same thing's true with Israel, right? The reason they wanted a king in the first place is because the Philistines had, had kings. And like the Amalekites had kings. The Amorites had kings, right? And they wanted to be like them. They wanted to be like the world. Like, why, why don't we have a king? They're better than us, you know? So the same thing's true with us. Um, so whatever we've trapped ourselves, whatever wherever we've wandered, um, whatever distractions, entertainments, uh, selfish or self-centered mind- mindsets, we have to, to stop, to consider our ways, wherever I'm at, am I hearing the Lord, right? Am I listening to his word? Am I paying attention to him? Will, will you do that, right? And that's what he's saying, the lion hath roared, who can but prophesy? I'm going to talk about that later. But when the lion roars, when God speaks, who can but take that, hear that? Right? You can tell if you hear the word or not. When you hear the word, you have to do something about it, Amen. right? When the, when the disciples were, not the disciples, when those guys are walking with Jesus after he died and came with them, and he's teaching them the word of God, he's explaining the word of God to him, he's showing them how Christ shows up throughout the Bible, their hearts burn. And when they went with their friends, they didn't just go like, hey guys, let's roll dice or something. They, they talked about what they just talked about because they had heard the word of God, you know? And so that's what he wants. He, he, he's prophesied. He's used wonders and miracles in their lives, right? Amos isn't the first time the children of Israel have heard from the Word, like heard from God. He's, he's over and over again. He's, he's told them. He's been with their ancestors. He's, he's a, a fact, a, 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 a figure stone of their history. Like, you can't tell anything 
He's used wonders, yeah, miracles, and Israel has played the, the like the pretending partner a lot of the times. The, the guy who, you know, is hanging out with his wife but not actually listening, or the person that you're getting coffee with and you have this important stuff to talk about, but you just feel like they're not really listening to you. You feel like they're distracted. You know, that's us a lot of times, but that was Israel here too, and they're paying for it. Um, God is asking them. Will you continue to just turn your head, turn your eyes away from everything that I've done for you? Everything that I've led you through. Will you continue to not do that? Because this is going to happen if, if you're going to continue. He says, look back on your life. Don't you remember the marvelous works I've done for you? Don't you remember how excited you were when I came in and saved you? Don't you remember how I fed you in your drought? Don't you remember how I fended off your enemies as long as you were faithful? Do you remember how I guided you by a brilliant pillar of flame? Do you remember the Red Sea parting? Do you remember the plagues? Do you remember all the stuff I did for you? And the same thing's true for you and me, right? Don't you remember, like, how bad you felt? Yeah. You know, how, how gross the world is? How, how much hurt you can experience by relationships or trauma or anything the world has to offer? It's bad. We find ourselves in bad spots. But God is so faithful to us, and he's, he's asking, whenever the word is spoken, wouldn't we just remember that? Can't we just remember how good God is when he parted that Red Sea in my life? When he, when he conquered my enemies in that life? When he provided for me when there was no way I was going to go take care of myself or my wife or my family? Like, when I'm out, when, I'm, when I don't have anything to do, God comes through. But instead of just embracing that and running with it, the children of Israel have let it fall to the wayside, right? They've, they've, they've been distracted. So God wants them to remember. He wants them to hear. And the same thing's true for us. It gets distracting. There's lots of things, like I said, in this world that are aimed to distract you. There's earthquakes. There's storms, figuratively. Um, well, and literally. Um, there's a whole world designed for my flesh with thousands of years to improve upon its ability to target my lusts. It's just over and over again making itself better at distracting you, right? But it's not, it's not stronger than God. It's not like we're defeated or doomed, but we just have to be vigilant, not diligent. Um, so in the midst of those storms, right, when you are scared, when you're distracted, when there's temptation, when there's lust, um, when I've abandoned all hope and belief, I'm about to be tossed over the side, what did Jesus do for the disciples when they were in a boat in a storm, about to be tossed out, right? About to lose everything in this storm. Their life's about to be over. They're worried, sick. Like, when we put ourselves in that boat, Jesus does the same thing for us. He, he steps onto the water. Storm's done. Wind's done. He, <laughs> he ends it. Or he, he invites you to come walk with him on it, and it's like it's not even there for Peter. I mean, we have that same opportunity. He wants to do that for us. He wants us to hear. He wants us to pay attention. Because he wants that. He doesn't want to just see his, his children being wrecked in a storm, right? He wants us to be with him, be strong, and be about the mission that he has for us. So when I hear the word of God, um, nothing else really matters but what he and it is saying. Um, when life is at its most distracting point, hearing and being attentive is at its most crucial. Um, in the case of Amos, this is the final call for Israel right here. Um, hear this word, you who haven't. Hear this word because I'm, I'm, I'm tired of you not hearing. <laughs> I've, I've made lots of 
offers, right? Encouraging, right? Okay, step two. We have to be acknowledged by God. Um, and in the passage, this, this is kind of the, the verse two um, that you have known. But uh, it is important for us um, to distinguish in this passage that God is confronting a people that have a history with him um, rather than just strangers, right? That's kind of why it's so intense. It's not just, he doesn't just say this to random people, like, oh, I'm going to destroy you. Like, he might. But he doesn't just say this. The reason he's so, like, direct with, with Israel is because of their, their long history. And so in verse, in verse 2, um, in one, the second part of 1, but, O children of Israel, against the whole family, uh, which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for your iniquity. Um, and that next, well, the one that shows the passage. So the, uh, the blue right there. Point two. So it's important to distinguish um, several things. Um, but for us, we must apply this as the believer who is drifting. Um, and if you're not a believer, I mean, we, I'll address that in a second. But for right now, we're going to talk about the believer who has, has drifted away, or found themselves plateaued, or found themselves, you know, just kind of lost, kind of not on fire anymore. Um, and so, uh, one of the most precious aspects of our Father is, is that regardless of our treatment of him, he refuses to stop knowing us. He doesn't, he doesn't say, okay, Israel, I'm not your God anymore, or I don't know you. What he's imploring them is like, I only knew you. Like, I have known you. I know you. That's why you're important to me. Not that I'm going to stop. When you're saved, it's not that if you're in sin, he's going to say, listen, I'm going to send you to hell if you don't quit. Right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I care about you so much. I want you to be right, because I know you. I know who you are. I knew all these things about you before I died for you. I knew you. I desire you. And that's, 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 that's what he's saying. He doesn't, he doesn't cast us out or forget about us. Known in that, in that passage was past tense. Um, in the past tense, he, he knew everything that you did before. He, in the future tense also, he, he paid for our entire sin. There's nothing you do that surprises God, right? Like, you don't end up doing something real crazy. And he's like, oh, wow, didn't see that coming. <laughs> I don't like you anymore. No, he saw all of that. He saw all of our wickedness. He saw all of our ways and decided to love us more than that anyway. Decided to die and be tortured and to be mocked, to become a man, like, to be filthy. He had to go through so much to pay for those things that he already knew about us. As low as we can get and as good as we can get. He loves you. He knows you. So to even begin to walk with Christ, we have to hear his word and we have to be known by him. Right? If you're not a if you're not a believer, just honestly, you're not gonna just be a mighty man or woman with God. Maybe that's surprising. One I don't care before that. But once you're saved, that's when it matters to start being sanctified or start, you know, you, you want to be about the mission because of everything that you learned that God did for you. You want to give it back, right? 
And so the relationship, um, it should be both ways, right? We can't compete with how much God did for us, but there's, there's, there's stuff that we can give back, right? He gave his life for me, so what naturally I should do is give my life for him. Yeah. Like, he did it in a much crazier way. <laughs> I can't compete with that, but I can do what I can. And the cool part is, that's all he's asking, right? That's all he wanted anyway, was for you to just acknowledge that you, that, that, that you want to do that. He doesn't want you to be impressive about it. He just wants to be able to use you. He desires to warn you and commission you to walk with you and speak with you. Um, but you have to know him. You have to be feeding that relationship. Knowing Christ is different than simply knowing a friend. Um, it kind of hurts, as in, uh, he won't just let you wander off. Like sometimes when you're in a friendship, a friend disappears. There's only so much we can do, but we're not like, at home sending conviction and like burning their hearts and you know there's not a lot you know if the friend disappears they disappear usually we move on but with God that's not how it works it's painful because he doesn't want you to go it's painful because he, he wants to bring you back because he doesn't forget about you because he loves you so much that he wants to convict you he, and he makes you choose that over him repeatedly until you have to like sear your conscience with a hot iron you know the one that the verses that Sammy used about hirelings. But knowing Christ is, is, is different than that. It's because he's, he's this loving parent for a child. You know, Think about like the perfect parent you could think of on earth. Isn't going to just let their kid, kid, can't really do much for this kid, kid, um, isn't just going to let them be cast away or just abandon them. Like, well, you really screwed up, son. Now I don't want to be your dad. Like, maybe like a bad parent might do that, but a good parent doesn't do that. Good news, we have the like holy deity parent, so it trumps anything, anyways. But he he doesn't cast us out. He seeks to correct it. He seeks to help us get right again. He uh, you know like the prodigal son when that dad. The son comes back from spending all of his inheritance on nothing, and he comes back, and the dad's not like, listen, I have all this stuff I need you to do to get right before I accept you again. He like just throws a giant party and is stoked that his kid's back. And that's what God does. He doesn't he doesn't get rid of us. He he welcomes us back with open arms. But there's also the analogy like, you know, like how you don't you don't give a guy fish when he's hungry, you just teach him how to fish so we won't be hungry. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different ways to say that. So that's what God says. You know, he, he wants to teach us how, not that we can do this on our own, but that how we can avoid that by leaning in on him and knowing him and living this relationship with him. Because he's already equipped us to do our own fishing. Right? He's already made it so that we can function in this, that we can provide and we can make it through life. You don't have to fall off and then get fed a fish, get back up, try this again, fall off, Jesus picks us back up. He's designed it so that we can work with him. And that's what the the knowing represents. And there's some verses, 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18, um, Exodus 29, 46. I'm gonna have to high tail it. 
through these notes. So just write those verses down. Uh, everyone will know him in the end, but it's intended that you embrace him right now. Yeah. Like in the end, it's not really it's not really cool if you made your choice or not, because every single person, when God comes back, it's every creature's knee will bow, every tongue will confess that God's gonna be on his throne. And everyone knows him then. Like so it's not really about like if you choose to know him or not, it's if you choose to know him now or not, right? Um, so he knows, yeah, he knows every part of you. Um, and it's, it's to be taken seriously. If you don't believe the Bible, how can you be moved to action? What about this book needs to change for you? What have you found that you simply can't abide in the Bible? You know, do you believe it or don't you? God has spoken to you, and God wants to know you. All right, this is the part where I look at Kindle and see if he's awake. Yeah. Step three, Kindle fell asleep one time when I preached. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, it's like we'll get over that. Step three, considering our ways. Are we in agreement with God? And so verse three um, says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Right? A lot of us would say, yeah, this is the walk with God. My Christian life is us walking with God. It's a common thing that we're you know, saying about this life. And so this verse applies directly to that. <clears throat> right? We have to walk with God. But to do that, we have to be agreed with God. How can two? This whole passage, they're all rhetorical questions, right? It's uh, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? No. Will a young lion cry out of his den if he has taken nothing? No. Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where there is no den for him? No. Like, for them, it's like really rhetorical. For us, we have to like think about it because they're really confusing <laughs> modern times. But they're rhetorical questions. Um, and so, think about it. Like, agreement, walking with God. How frustrating it would be to try to walk somewhere somebody that's not agreed with you on where you're going. Right? We can think about it in terms of like <clears throat> any kind of walk, any kind of relationship. But uh, so say you have this uh, this crush. This crush. You have a crush. So what you want to do is you're like, hey, I have this crush. Um, I'm gonna see if we can get coffee. And I can get to know them more, right? Maybe we can, yeah, hang out. And I can actually know who they are. I should go on a date with them so I know them, right? So they agree. You get coffee, you're, 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 at, you're getting coffee with them. And, uh, you know, it's going okay. They get a uh, cortado. They're like, oh, nice drink. And you just got an eight ounce black. So, you know. And so uh, you guys are hanging out, you're talking. And you start to notice that this person, you know, little statement here, little reaction here, little glassy-eyed here, has no sharing of your crush whatsoever. <laughs> like, it's maybe here just out of pity for you. Didn't want you to feel bad when you asked them. Uh, or, you know, is just uh, answering your questions but not really telling you anything, right? kind of just ending the date. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, 
two of them. <laughs> Anyways, so that, that could be us, though. That, that's kind of like a silly way of saying, like, how can we have a relationship with God if we're not agreed with him, right? How, how is he going to pursue us and pursue our hearts if we're not, you know, how, how do you, if the other person doesn't want to be into you, you can't make them. Like, it's only going to work if they're agreed, if they're into each other, right? If, if you have a relationship, you're trying to walk, you know, the, the obvious one, the one that's always said, if you're trying to walk together and spend time with your wife, maybe you went to the beach, you're just walking down the beach holding hands, and you're talking to them, and you're asking them about their day, and, you know, you're, you're telling them all these sweet nothings, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, petting their hair or whatever. But when that person is just on their phone, not looking at you, not speaking to you, interested in every little distraction that pops up, it's not, you're not walking together, right? You're mostly dragging that person. And that's not, that's not a healthy relationship when they're not interested in the other thing. And that, so, you know, what I'm saying is we're that girl. We're that, we're that person that doesn't pay attention, right? When God has sat down at the coffee shop, he's like, listen, I freaking love you. <laughs> I fast forwarded there. It's a few days down the road. Taylor must. I don't know what Taylor did. God, Taylor's like God. You marry him the first day. Taylor asked my sister to marry him on their first date. It's working out great. Don't do that. <laughs> uh. So walking together, we can a word that means the same thing that we use all the time, that we throw around all the time, is fellowship. Right? You can't fellowship with some, somebody that doesn't want to fellowship with you. Right? It's, it's walking together in agreement. The nation of Israel had to be agreed with God for him to lead them from Egypt. If they didn't have anything to do with them, they would have just stayed where they were. They wouldn't have listened. They wouldn't have come. The children, the child, must have the correct father to be led by God. God's not going to lead you anywhere. He has no means of leading you if you're not safe. Right? It's, this is just a separate world, right? Uh, the Christian cannot be carnal and be led by God. Similar point. But if you don't care about being a Christian, you've left it at accepting Christ, but I'm going to live my own life, he can't take you anywhere. He has to address it. He has to deal with where you are now. If you don't agree in a direction, you, you can't go the same way until you figure out what direction you're going to go. That's what walking together in agreement is. Like I've taken this person, and we, we've decided, which way do you want to go? Cool, that way. I can't, I don't just go the other way. I go where we decided in agreement. And that's God for us. Like That's Bible study, that's Tuesday night, that's Sunday morning, that's discipleship, that's you praying for each other, that's spending your private time in the Word. That's God pouring into you, telling you, describing you the direction that He wants to go with you. And our, our answer is like, well, you know best, let's do it. I'm going to go. Right? That's Him laying out the mission. So you have to be agreed with Him. You have to agree. Uh, and to agree, we have to believe, we have to do all these other things, but pretending to believe will only wear you out. Like, there's really no point. 
would, I would highly discourage you from pretending. Like it's the reason we do it is silly anyways. Like I don't want to look bad to all these people, so I'm going to pretend. So that's not going to work. We just talked about not going the same way. So in the end, it's going to look bad anyways. Probably worse. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does everyone just does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. Both times it's going to come out. Everyone hopes it just never does. It's going to, because you can't walk the same direction if you're not agreed. Yeah. Both times are gonna be bad. So if you're convicted about it, deal with it. Like, surprise, we actually aren't gonna like murmur about you throw you out of our hangouts and like not love you or think you're cool anymore because we all sin. We all deal with stuff. Yeah. It's not cool to waste time. Like that just kind of takes you out of the game. That kind of makes you stop walking with us. Right? What I want to do in Kaya is, you know, God has, has has stated, right, through Brandon, through our leadership, they've agreed that we're going this way. So, Kaya, let's agree, anyone who's in, we're going this way. So we all go, and some of us are pretending, and it, it doesn't look like you're just walking. You're not coming. And so it's not like, hey, that person's not coming. Let's make fun of them because they're not coming. It's, it's a lie, because we want you to be with us. We're going to do whatever we can to help you. It doesn't matter, like, the degree of what is stumbling you. What matters is we want to help, you know. God loves you. I love you, you know. Love you, just said that. She's, uh, she's not struggling or anything. I was just... <laughs> Colossians 3, 6, 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, it says, Let the word dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. So, it's dependent on the word. Without that part, we're not doing it. It's dependent on being agreed with Christ. Um, now, the statements that God makes at the end of this passage, uh, Amos 3, all those rhetorical questions, they're, they're summed up in verse 8. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? So, God is the lion of Judah. God has spoken, who will not fear, right? Our, our response to God should be to fear him, fear the Lord, the beginning of all wisdom. The Lord hath spoken, who can but prophesy? That's what I talked about earlier. Like, when God gives us something to say, we have to say it. When God spoke to Amos, said, Amos, say this. Amos said it, right? He had to respond. So, why, 
why agreement? Why acknowledgement? Why pay attention? Because we have to consider if we're, we're doing this, right? We have to consider our ways because I don't want to end up here and you guys all kept walking. I want to I want to matter. I want to be a part of this. I don't want to waste my time, right? We consider our ways. So how how would we even do that in the first place? You know, we can't we can't fake it. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. His word is a lamp unto our feet. When we have light, we can see. When we have light, we can walk. If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world. Like He sees, so he can walk. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Right? I can't illuminate my path in the darkness. I, there's no light. Right? A Christian, is, I'm saying two different applications of the same thing. Like I have light, but when it's just darkness, a human being can't project light onto their path without like tools. Right? <clears throat> no, we can't. Um, so how often, right, so, so we're now considering, right, hear this word, known, be agree. How often in Bible study or in the passages do we just kind of scoff at the Pharisees? You know, like, oh, those silly guys. They said they should, they're trying to trick Jesus. They're so silly. They're so bad. You know, we follow Abraham, you know? And they're like, we're like, ha, no, you don't. You'd be saved. Or shouldn't you stone this woman? You know, trying to trick Jesus. We're like, man, you can't trick Jesus. Don't, old Pharisees. Or, he must have a devil in him. And we're like, ha, Jesus doesn't have a devil. He's God. <laughs> but instead of doing that, we put ourselves in their shoes. And we think, how have I said something so obtuse to the Lord with my life? Right? There's plenty of times when I've lived just as dumb as Pharisee statements sound. Right? When my life is like, I just, so the disciples, the next example, don't get these little kids away from Jesus, right? He's busy. Jesus is like, no, bring the kids, what are you doing? Or he's like, uh, Jesus, uh, so that he, he multiplies all the bread, and then the disciples are like, whoa, what are we going to do now? People He's like, I just multiplied all this bread. And what, what do you mean? What are we going to do? I just showed you. <laughs> or, uh, you know, co they're constantly not getting what Jesus is talking about, like being the living water and the bread of life and all these things. Like, so, Lord, if you would only show us, give us a sign, be God right now, you know, John uh, 14, when they're like, just, just show us now. Like, it sufficeth us. God's like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> so for us, like that, that looks like, God, I just, I need a sign. I need something loud and clear to just tell me what should I be doing or what's the right job. I need to just write it in the clouds, make it plain and clear, right? But he like gave, he multiplied this much fish for you out of what he gave. 
every answer. He's, he's not working through the, like that's an example of how I can put myself in the disciples' shoes instead of just judging them for being silly. Same thing's true with Israel. Like, we're like man, like judges, like a judge shows up and he leads Israel to, to salvation and victory in Israel the next generation crumbles back down where they were. We read that, we're like, man, what, what's going on? Right? But that, that's us, right? We, we have these highs and these lows. We, we you know, bring down fire from heaven and then prove our, our God is real to all these false, false people, false worshipers. And uh, Jezebel asks after us and run away. Like, it doesn't make sense, right? We, we have these victories in these valleys. But Hearing all of this, hearing our, our, our sins or our mess-ups or the things God's trying to bring to our attention in the Pharisees, in the disciples, in the children of Israel, in, in the Bible, instead of taking it to heart, sometimes we just kind of write it off. We kind of don't get it. And there's an example of this uh, with David in 2 Samuel 12. You don't have to turn there. Uh, but so he basically, this is like really close to me, my heart. I don't know, maybe it's connected somehow. I feel really personal about it. <laughs> yeah, David. <laughs> um, but uh, so David cheats on, he steals Uriah the Hittite's wife, right? And he, he impregnates her and then sends Uriah out to the battle and he gets killed. Like he basically manipulates the situation. Tries, it's, it's really gross, but the, the main sin, and God, you know, forgives him and, and it's not like, it's horrible. It's horrible, but basically, when after right after David did that, he just kind of goes on about life, like pretending that nothing happened, like still trying to to be the king that God wants him to be, still trying to do things. And so, what God does is He speaks to His prophet Nathaniel, and Nathaniel comes and he speaks. That's what happens when God speaks to us. Like we speak, it's up to the prophets, so it makes them prophets. And Nathan, Nathaniel, Nathan, gives him this story. And it's this elaborate story about a rich guy and a poor guy. And the rich guy has a ton of lambs, and the poor guy has like two. And one's really good. They're both like just precious. It's his whole life. The rich guy has tons of money, tons of lambs, and he's having these visitors. And he has to provide a meal for the visitors. And instead of just taking his lamb and making a meal for the, the visitors and, and inviting the poor guy to come. He, he's, he leaves all his lambs alone. He takes the poor man's lamb, like it's his prized lamb, the one true value to his home, and he, he, he makes that lamb the meal for these visitors. And David's like, what? Tell me his name! I'll have him killed! We're going to make a principle about this and no one in the kingdom is ever going to he like gets furious, right? And he's gonna exercise every kingly power he can to make this rich man pay. And David or Nathan, Nathan at the at the end of this like outburst, uh, you know, basically is like, David, it's a it's a story. Um, it's, it's you, you know. Just <laughs> he's like a balloon. <laughs> so we 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 covered up. Our sin. We tried to pretend this walk with God, and and then we we 
write off the disciples and the Pharisees, and we see like our sins in different stories, or we see like the things that we're doing wrong in other people in the body, and we have like all these answers or, or counsels for them, like, oh, they should be doing this, or we judge them and stuff like that. When it's really just like us, you know. When instead of just dealing with our sin, we've become this crazy, carnal Christian, half not trying to lead and, and be the king that God wants him to be, but he can't, right? Until you deal with it. And that's where you get Psalm 52, the psalm that we went over few weeks ago in prayer night, which is David just like broken about it. Like the picture is like when you repent, like God can still like, he's like, great. I would love to accept your repentance and get this right. You know, you're going to deal with some things like that kid, like probably going to die. You're like, going to be sick for a while. Like you're going to have to reap what you sow. But I'm so excited to move forward with you in this. Like I, I wanted you. Like that's why I had, I had to tell you that story. I had to show you that what you did was wrong because I want to know you. I want to speak to you. I want to be. I want to go the same way you're going to do. I have this mission for you. I have. I've given you. I've equipped you everything to impact this world, to walk with me, to be able to be Christ. Right? When, when Christ is leaving, what does he say? Like, you guys are doomed. I'm leaving. It's it's downhill from here. He said when he leaves, he says. You will do greater things when my father sends the comforter. He doesn't pump them up like, sorry guys, just do what you can. See ya. He's like, no, this is going to be awesome. Like, this is the time to get excited about it because what I did, but that was cool, you guys are going to do so much more. And we see it immediately in Acts with the building of the church. Maybe not so much like spiritually reviving people. People do get revived. There's more stuff that happens. But fast forward to now. The idea is every single Christian is Christ. Right? So I don't know how many Christians are actually Christians. Say like, I don't know, a million for an example. I don't know. So you have a million Jesuses in the world. Can you imagine? Like, who's not going to hear the gospel? That's what it's supposed to be, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of, like, this stuff that, that we can get burdened with, that we can pretend, there's no reason, right? The mission, he, he's made it so that we can preach the gospel, that we can reach the world, because the, the truth is, like, Jesus died for the sinner. If you don't know Jesus, God made himself a man, and Miles shared this last night, to deal with the sin that maybe, it wasn't, you were just born, right? You're just, I didn't decide to be a sinner, sorry, you were um, God made a way for that not to be, like, so that you could be in heaven, so that he could pay for those sins. When, when he, he, he gave his life so that you could just accept it and live for him, and that the sins are gone, right? And you get to be in heaven, you get to have eternal security, you get to have him come live inside of you when you believe on him and say, like, Lord, I believe on you, I believe on your sacrifice, I believe that, that you were God, and that you died for my sins, and you have the power to do that, and I want to follow you. When we accept Jesus, like, it's not the end. It's not, so yeah, you heard me, okay, you believed in me, and okay, yeah, now I know you, now let's go. It's 
about the mission. It's about doing something with it. Because we're supposed to be doing greater works. We're supposed to be letting Christ be Christ. That's all he wants. Right? He just wants some, some reins in your life. So, the, the word is designed to get our attention. It's designed to wake us up. It's designed to speak to us. When he, when he speaks, it's, there's something that he wants to address. And so David had to have a super rude awakening to that. A lot of times we do. Amos had to tell Israel that the lion was roaring. Uh, and so has he. Um, and so I would just say that there's no time, like today is the day of salvation, right? There's no time like right now to get saved. There's no time like today is the day of repentance, right? Today is the day to repent. It's, it's, not, it's not about pretending. It's not about making it a little longer. Let's just do it. There's no, there's no, there's no problems. I'm not going to think any differently of you. Right? It's cool, man. Sorry that that happened. I'm here for you. It, maybe it's like gross at first. I don't know. Maybe Jake's into some really weird stuff. He doesn't want to tell me about it because it's super weird. You know what? I will stomach that. I really just want to say something really bad. I don't know if I should. I shouldn't. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to be like, listen, Jake, we're done. I'm not going to be friends with anymore. You disgusting sinner. That's not going to be my reaction. I will be hurt that my brother has, you know, gone through that. But I'm going to do everything I can to be there for I need to be done, but just one thing, like my, my, my life, you know, my dad did a lot of bad stuff, right? He ended up, well, basically, he just did some, some bad stuff, and my family got split up, and if, the, if his friends at KCBT and people in Alan's class, if they'd just been like, dude, that's horrible, get out of here, and he just got banished to, to Pleasant Hill, and, and like, because you guys know my dad, he, he's like, he's here. But what mattered to him was was the the few guys. It doesn't have to be everybody. Like a lot of people don't have to. But so you did that, man. That really sucks. That really hurts that you sinned like that. But I'm here for you, man. I I I want you to follow Christ with me. And so that for my dad, like Abishai, is in Midtown. And is married to Taylor. Like I'm here at Midtown. I'm, I'm married to Havila, and I have a kid here. It's like we don't we don't operate on throwing people out because they sin or have this gross thing in their life. Like the reunion of that is what God wants to bless. He He is shown in the healing of that sin. I'm I'm fruit of that. I'm fruit of repenting won't lead to getting cast out. There's fruit from it also.